0: Here for Bruno! Life is hard, what is good people and welcome to another episode of the Le carrington podcast joining me today we have the one and only ty from never a foul and traffic tunnel ty what's good bro how are you man
1: ah oh, man seen you smile seen you ask me to come on it's been a while do you know what obviously we talk on here all the time but even as a person you're a great person so of course i'm happy to come on happy for the invite and um we're suffering with Manchester United, which we're going to talk about, but you know, you have a great platform, man. So I'm I'm, gl- I'm really glad you're going into the football side of things and YouTube and everything, man. So good luck to you. And um, yeah, obviously you can find me at Never A Foul on YouTube, Trafford Tunnel, which is my Manchester United specific content page. Um, and yeah, guys, give us a subscribe, follow, and obviously make sure you like this video for Tony, man. I appreciate
0: it, bro. I appreciate it. Let's get straight into it, man. So we have Let's 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 put put, let me put the background in the context. So, first two Premier League games, we lost to Brighton at home. Um, I'm gonna quickly ask you about those two games. Mm. Were there any positives? Because I know there's so many negatives, and I've just hear it constantly. Constantly, were there any positives you you took out of the? I don't think there's any positives of the Brentford game whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, did you see any positives (coughs) whatsoever? Do you know what? I think I'm glad you asked that. I think it's a really good
1: question because I was at the game, so Mm. obviously, it's different when you're watching it from a a TV point of view, if that makes sense, because it focuses yeah. on certain things. But Lissandro Martinez, for me, has come under some big criticism early. And I think this, this just shows what football's about. Football is about winning games. Football is about results. If Manchester United had beaten Brighton, if Manchester United had beaten Brentford, I'm going to be honest with you, Tony, no one's talking about Lissandro Martinez, and I'm going to put it out there, point blank. Um, yes, he's five foot nine or five foot eight or whatever he is. We know he's not six foot um, he seems to be getting targeted in the air from other teams, but he's been OK. He's been managing himself pretty well. He hasn't been losing every single duel. I saw a clip that came out where someone had put a compilation together of Brentford's attacking display attacking, against yeah, him.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right.
1: and he was actually and he was very combative. He was very aggressive and he was winning some of the duels. So this notion that Lissandro Martinez won't work in the Prem and that he's been poor, I think is way off. And I think when I was watching that game against Brighton when I was there, The first 30 minutes before they scored, he was the best player in the pitch for Manchester United. Whether I don't know if it looked like that from the uh, bird's eye view from the TV, but he gave us something that I think we've missed for so long. You know, when Daly Blind was here, and you've got a player that can pass the ball through the lines, get it to the midfielder, and start attacks like people understand how crucial it is now. Kulabali, you've seen him coming at Chelsea, and within two games. He helps the ball to chill well. They win the pen against Goodison Goodison Park. And then the other day, you know, we score and I get it, it's a volley, but he's punching the ball into Jorginho's and stuff like that. And it helps the attacks. And I just think Martinez is so good on the ball to have a left footer that is composed, calm, can get the ball into that midfield, which we need massively. He was a plus for me in that first 30 minutes. I think it was quite quite harsh that when we went 1-0 down, the team looked deflated. They looked like they didn't know how to fight. And the rest of the team kind of just pummeled down. We didn't know how we, we didn't really get a way back into the game. And everyone then looks quite poor. But based on the first 30 minutes, honestly, he was a positive. And I, I can see obviously the weaknesses that he might have and he might struggle with. But in terms of the positives, it was him. Because when he plays well, I think everyone will be like, Do you know what? I see what he is in a player. A bit like Christian Romero for Tottenham. When people saw him at first, you're like, oh. He's going to work out in the Premier? He's a bit erratic, but now you're thinking, Do you know what? In 12 months' time, he's going to be top five in in the league, maybe Europe. So,
0: yeah, yeah Martinez was the uh, was a positive for me from the, um, watching that. No, I totally agree, bro. I feel like all this um, all this Lisandro Martinez criticism. I think it's just lazy journalism. I feel like because Manu yeah, we lost and we just okay, let's target centre back. And oh yeah, by the way, he's losing his jewels. Oh yeah, he's five foot nine. By the way, that's not the really working. I think it's just lazy, Easy, it's Easy just, it's isn't just lazy, it, bro? But um. Let's quickly get on to transfers because. Uh, I, sorry, I was, sorry.
1: I, I know you're hosting. Can I ask you? Did you see any positives?
0: I wouldn't Andrew Martinez no. Oh, okay. No, so I'm you really, would agree? You're just in agreement with me then? Yeah, no, okay. I would Martinez no. because what is weird is that the first game against Brighton, we played uh, Christian Eriksen for tonight, which I thought was mad, and I've always and I've always been critic critici- I've been critical of this Christian Eriksen signing in the first place. Okay. And, only because I thought, like, it, I think it's crazy that we're going for squad depth when we haven't even f- fixed our starting 11 yet. Start I, 11, like, fair that point. Was, so that was that was my reason for Christian Eriksen. I said, if we got Christian Eriksen last game, last day of the season, and we fixed all our problems, I'm like, oh yeah, let's just slap him in for the squad depth. Totally fine. But mm-hmm. like going in early, he's not fixing any problems. And so I was c- critical of that in the first place. I, f- I thought that was criminal. I also thought, um, we played Mick Fred again, which is weird because all throughout preseason we were like, I saw us setting up in a 2-3-5. I saw Fred being that low in six and Mick Tomine being that. And I barely saw that in the Brighton game. Now, nope. I'm not sure if that was down to us switching up or was that down to acclimatising to um, Brighton's tactics. But I just didn't see that. I didn't see what we worked on in pre-season during the game at all, which was like a massive criticism there. So I, I, I literally... Lisandro Martinez was the only thing. I, I I do agree with you because I watched it um, at TV. But at the same time, I said, you know what, I can see a positive and give him more reps. He'll be fine in the Premier League.
1: Exactly. And all and, and you you look at someone like just before you move on. You look at someone like Varane, decorated across world football, European football, the league, Champions League, whatever you want to name. He's won it all. He came to the Premier League, right? And I get it. People could say his knee injuries, Real Madrid are maybe trying to cash in and try and make as much money as they could before he got to 29, 30. But even Varane, a player that has won everything, he came to the Prem and he said, wow, like physically and the speed of the game, it is so different and you can't really prepare for it. And it's a bit like a boxer. You know, I love my boxing. But you can train, you can have a plan until you get punched in the face punch and maybe face your instinct kicks yeah. in. It's like Amir Khan. Amir Khan, always have a plan, quick hands. But as soon as he got hit, he wants to throw back and get in a war. His instinct kicked in. And yeah. I just feel like with, with the Prem, Varan realised quickly that, you know, maybe it's going to take me a year to settle. He's already on an individual programme now by Ten Hag, just so we can try and maximise and optimise and get the best out of him. And I think with Martinez, like coming from a league like, you know, Eredivisie, when you're at Ajax, When you play the teams that are like 10th and 11th and 12th, right, in the Dutch League, you are expected to win when you're playing for Ajax. It's easier. When you're in Manchester United and you're playing the Brightons, the Brentfords, the Crystal Palaces, the Newcastles that say you finished their mid-table, the standard of them compared to the Dutch League is higher. So you've always got to be on it in the Premier League. And that's something Martinez is going to have to find out and realise real quickly. But we've got to give him time. He's 23-24. For a centre-back, that is really young. So guys just need to calm down. And I'm I'm really glad that we're having a a proper educational conversation about it and not a shouting match because I think people can be so reactionary now. And I think, Tony, you're probably similar to me in the mid-20s, but we didn't have all this social media and Twitter back in the day. Everyone has a voice now, whereas back in the day it was teletext. You talk about with your mates at the park, but now everyone has a voice. Yeah, it, it makes these negative things blossom even more when really they don't need to. But then again, it's conversation, isn't it? I suppose, yeah.
0: Exactly, you mm. said it. Well said, bro. But um, mm. let's quickly get on to transfers because a couple uh, hours ago we got that that here we go from Fabrizio himself. Mm. I'm I'm gonna go on a rant, but before I want to go on a rant, I want to ask you Casemiro to Man United. What do you? F- how do you feel about it? Do you feel like this is the right signing? The floor is yours because I'm gonna go on a rant later.
1: Right? Yeah, good, good. I want to hear your rant. Um. I'm in the middle. I'm like semi skimmed milk. I'm not full fat, <laughs> and, I'm not, and I'm not red. <laughs> um, there are pros and there are cons. Now, Casemiro, the player, brilliant. I love the player. I think he's a brilliant player. I don't don't get it. Don't get me wrong. You know, at Real Madrid, you look at that midfield and what he's won with Modric and Cruz next to him. And you could put that in them. I'm not going to say the better, but you put them in that sort of level with the Iniesta, Javi and Busquets. They've won multiple Champions Leagues. They've won leagues. And one thing about it is that they've been consistent together for like seven, eight years now at the top. So Casemiro, the player, is a brilliant player. However, I want to use that saying, sort of right player, wrong timing. We've just got rid of Paul Pogba and we've always said he needed a number six next to him. And you go and get rid of Pobba or Pobba didn't want to stay, whatever it is. And then you sign a Casemiro. Like, why was this not here a year ago? Or Why didn't, do you know what I mean? And it's just little things that you get a positive out of signing Casemiro, but then there's always something you can nitpick. And I just feel like with Casemiro as a player, he's not the player for me that is always going to be the first on receiving the ball from the back four. He's the type of player that is a bit of an N D D more type, a bit of a destroyer and gives the ball 15 yards and then says, right, you guys, Modric Cruz, do your thing. At Manchester United, we're looking for someone that's comfortable getting the ball off the back four. But McTominay's not good enough at it, let's be honest. Fred, I like Fred in terms of a, a pressing role when he's a trigger trying to win the ball back, but not as a number six. And then you try and get De Jong, who De Jong said in his interview at Holland, I love getting the ball off the back four. I like being the guy that can pull, carry, and be that transition player. So if you're looking for De Jong, who's been our target for two, three months, the profile of Casemiro is different. Now, I'm not saying Casemiro is not a bad player. He's a brilliant player, top five DMs in the world. but If you're looking at a De and then you don't get him and you get a Casemiro, it doesn't really solve the issues. It might help us in defensive transition when teams are attacking us and you know how we get slaughtered sometimes on the break. But in terms of the style and what Casemiro brings, we still need someone next to him. It doesn't solve the whole puzzle. And I think the the big worry for me, Tony, is Real Madrid might have done it to us again. I'm not saying that Casemiro gets injured right, but he's 30 years of age. We haven't got resale value in him. He ain't going to get any better. He's coming to a Premier League team now, which, like Varan says, is quicker. It's physical. He's I don't know if he's going to be as, how do I say it, as effective as what he has been at Real Madrid, slower league, getting more time on the ball. And I don't want Man United fans to fall into this trick of, you know, 60 million Casemiro, look what he's done, look what he's won. I get it. I hear all that. I know he's a fantastic player. But I don't expect him to come in and have the impact and the effectiveness we need right now to what people might be thinking based on what he's done at Madrid I still think we need more and if we're going to get the best out of Casemiro we need to make sure we partner him correctly otherwise it's a transfer that we're going to spend big money on we're going to try and loophole it for a couple of years and it might not work out so there's definitely pros in the transfer finally we're getting a DM which we've wanted since Michael Carrick but there are reasons to be sceptical and I've got my eye I'm sort of I'm not closing my bedroom door. I'm looking out in case someone's coming up the <laughs> stairs because I don't know if it's fully going to work. So, oh man, this this is going to be a very very interesting transfer, man. I'm I'm happy, but there's reservations about it at the same time, man.
0: Bro, I agree 100%. Oh, when I, okay. When I saw it bro, when I when I saw us links with him, I said I don't want to read any links because normally players I'm like who who's who's coming, bro. I feel like it's a typical Man United signing we've been doing for the past 10 years. I didn't want this signing. As you said, great player. What he's done with Real Madrid, playing that DM next to and Modric, great player. One, we don't have and Modric in that midfield. Yep. So, Casemiro, you're not going to be like, okay, I've done my bits. Now, Bruno, go great. Or Ericsson, go create, Or yeah. Fred, go create, Or McTon, go great. Not going to be the same. Yep. Two, as you said, he even Ten Hag himself said he wants that Frankie de Jong as a six. So, even if we can't get Frankie de Jong, why are you not giving me the next available thing in that type of profile of player? I don't get it. Go get a Ruben Neves, even if I'm not even saying Ruben Neves is that profile player, but he's more of that profile in comparison to Casemiro. Mm-hmm. Go get a on Kakare, go get a Sandro Tanani, yeah, Ismail Benassa, any of any of yes,
1: Benathir and Kakarep, great players, bro. by the way.
0: And mm. what, what was mad is that the second goal we conceded against Brentford was Christian Eriksen playing six. Because the fact that we Fred can't play six anymore says that he doesn't want to do it. So you thought, you know what, Eriksen, who played six for Brentford, for Brentford, yeah. no disrespect to Brentford Football Club, but Eriksen played six for Brentford. And, and they thought, played a
1: back five, so he was actually able to play a bit differently in a six. You know what I mean? yeah.
0: And mm. it shows in the goal we conceded where he went... He's not a six, bro. He's not... And now, if I look at that situation, I put Casemiro in that situation, I don't see... That much of a difference. I'm not saying Casemiro can keep the ball. Of course he can. I feel like he's a competent footballer and he can Mm -hmm. keep the ball. But that's not what he excels in. He's that destroyer type of DM. Now, yes, we're going to stop conceding less in transition. I get that. Congratulations, Man United. But if we (laughs) had competent footballers in the first place, we wouldn't even be in that situation. Yeah. We need that type of Frankie de Jong. I'm just using Frankie because that's who we're linked with. But we need that six who wants to pick up the ball behind the back four passing through the lines transition do this be the in that single pivot or how are we going to play be that type of profile that is mm-hmm. what we need, especially in the Ten Hag style of football We it, it's clear to see and it, Ten Hag himself has come and said that so why have Man United now thought okay cool let's just go get Casemiro because yeah he's going to Casemiro that's not the type of baller he is and now yeah. he's going to look one he's 30 years old two we've got him on a four year deal yeah. which I think is insane with an option for another year
1: Mm.
0: buying a 30 year old for 60 million in this market is insane number one we could have spent 60 million on someone else two yeah. i i just feel like this is just a typical man united signing that we've been doing for the past 10 years where listen granted is a good player and i know what i'm gonna get and finally thank god we've got a dm but we mm. should have been this would have been the perfect the a casemiro signing is a perfect signing for a club that just needs a DM and that's it. They've got their eights. Yeah. There. You remember when we were talking about Bruno Pogba's attacking eight, and then we just. Yeah. Yes. It would that have been back two years ago. I would have been like, yes. yes, we're cooking with gas. Yep. Not now, because now we're going to have, now we've just bought 60 million to get rid of one little problem in which we could have bought used that 60 million wiser and got rid of multiple problems. Yes, it's it's insane by my United, and it's got to a stage where I'm desensitising desensitizing myself from the club because they can't keep they can't keep getting away with this. I'm not mm. sure if you watched um, Breaking Bad, you know, when my man was screaming, he I can't. Have, you know, I haven't watched it. it. You know, I haven't bro. watched it. Yeah, but put it this way, they Man United can't keep getting away with this, bro. They mm. can't because I am sick and tired of us making the same mistakes. I think the definition of insanity is doing the same thing, expecting different results. This is what we keep doing, bro. And until we learn, yeah. everyone's like, oh, you're not happy yet. He does the job. I don't care. The barometer of our signings, especially in the midfield, should not be, okay, they're better than McFrey. Better than McTominay.
1: Yeah. Better yeah, than McTominay. That's, that's, good, well, that's what yeah, everyone's
0: that's telling me right now. Okay, congratulations, he's better than McTominay. I'm better than McTominay. No, yeah, facts, bro. I probably am. That's not the yeah. point. But that that should not be the barometer of our signings. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's the same. Yeah. It's, like, it's like McTominay and then you've got people saying Dallow over Wan-Bissaka, but he's better than Wan-Bissaka. And it's like, that's a, it's like you said earlier, it's a lazy argument. If you're looking at Manchester United to get to where they want to be, it's not sustainable. It's papering over the cracks and it's not good enough. And do you know what? With, with this Casemiro situation, he's basically coming. Obviously he's going to have his medical and whatnot. Do you think we now go out and get another midfielder? And that's a yes or no. And if we don't, who do you pair him with in your ideal
0: midfield? We have to. I, it's not even a, an, an issue mm. we have to get, we don't have to get another, we have to get another midfielder. Because if we don't, it's going to be Casemiro, Bruno and Ericsson. Yeah, probably more than likely. Yeah. Or Casemiro, Bruno and Donny.
1: I still think that gets hurt. I'm it really gets hurt, bro. It, it gets does. hurt.
0: It gets, that midfield is getting touched. So it's, it doesn't make sense, but we've done it now. So now we're going to have to lie in his bed once again. Um, do we go get another midfielder? I don't know what, I'm not going to mention Frankie because I'd I seriously, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm giving up in that situation. I can't even yeah. talk about his name anymore. But now I still feel like we need, now we need another eight. We need an eight that is good in transition because I'm guessing Bruno's, Bruno's not really a transition merchant. Mm. Bruno, if Bruno's effective in and around the box. And I feel like Donny Van der Beek is ineffective in and around the box. Yep, so Those are their best positions. So now if we've got, let's say we've got Casemiro here, we've got Bruno, just slightly. We need an eight that can a boxer box, basically.
1: Okay, yeah. so I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw a little thing out there, and you probably you've seen it online. You got Casemiro, and you look at the Brazil national team. Now I get it. I understand yeah, completely. It's... International football is different. Now for me, I'm not gonna say Fred is the answer. However, if you hear me out, yeah, when Fred has played for Brazil, he has played as more as like a number eight where he can press he can use his tenacity because there's one thing about our midfield that i think is lacking. and it's always that's legs that mobility fred does give us that he covers a lot of ground he can nip in he's he's sort of like fly around shit that like jack russell you can't get rid of that's yeah. when he's playing well i don't think as a sixth where you optimize his qualities now if you go back to last season we had the michael carrick interim yes it was three games i understand we had villarreal away chelsea away and arsenal at home so we beat arsenal beat Villarreal and we drew to Chelsea when we were leading and then obviously they scored late on. Now, he changed Fred and put him into that sort of pressing role. If you remember the game against Villarreal, both the goals come from Fred exactly. pressing, didn't he? Yeah. Winning the ball back, giving it and keeping it simple. Now, I get it. We've got Eriksen, we've got Van der Beek, we've got Bruno, who do have that attacking quality. Van der Beek with his late runs into the box. Bruno, hot and cold, but he can be effective. And Eriksen, we know is a, a passing, more deep-line specialist, you could say. But you can't rely on Eriksen. You can't always rely on Bruno. You can't rely on Van der Beek, you know we know there's a player in there. Do you think for the balance of the team, that because Casemiro and Fred have that partnership at Brazil, I know it's different playing international football against Venezuela and so forth. Do you not think Fred is probably the safest bet in terms of, if you're looking for an all-round eight who can track back, can, you know, burst through the lines, can press, then give the ball to the attackers, Do you not think right now in this current squad, we're not talking about a player coming in, that's the best fit number eight? So Casemiro, Fred, and then you have one of Ericsson or Bruno or Van der Beek. Do you not think that's a bit more complimentary? I do. I don't know people don't like Fred, but I think if you play him there, you're getting the best qualities out of him. And that makes the midfield a bit more rounded for me.
0: Bro, I I totally agree. And the thing is, I'm not even critical of fred because i know we we admit fred because they played a double pivot together but we even mm. saw it under ralph Rangnick when fred played an eight, as an eight i remember spurs at home he played as an eight mm. played very well there's fred under raniuk played him as an eight because at the end of the day he's an eight we just play him as a six yes. because he's not only one competent enough to exactly and he's not even competent at that so if tomorrow let's say if our next game after Liverpool, we have we haven't got another midfielder in. I, I would want to see a midfielder of Casemiro, Fred, and Bruno because, or, or Casemiro, Fred, and whoever we pick in that ten. Yeah, because maybe not Bruno or Van de Beek or just someone. But that will be our that will that's our best bet of a midfield right now. But still, it's that's sixty million to unlock Fred. Why mm. did we not pay that sixty million to unlock Pog? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's yeah, it's insanity. Like this is our best bet right now, and this is the bed we've we've uh we've made ourselves so I'm gonna have to lie in it
2: but yeah, I just true. think
0: to myself what is going on with the scouting in, in the club in, in the fact that we've now spent 60 million to unlock Fred if you really and, 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 played, we could have done it with Pogba
1: and and, and that's the thing as well because it's Casemiro one's interesting a lot of people have said Manchester United have obviously gone in for Casemiro we were just discussing about the difference profile to De Jong I saw a report earlier whether it's true or not we know a lot of journalists write stuff but I saw a report saying Real Madrid actually offered Casemiro to United and United bit their hand off. Now, when I read that right, I've read so many reports over the summer. There's certain things I get told directly, which I believe from people, but there's certain stuff you read and you're like, "Mm, take it with a pinch of salt. I read that, Tony, and I'm a bit ashamed to say it, but out of all the reports, I was like, this is the one that probably is true. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. Real Madrid offered us Casemiro for 60 million. We can't get De And we say, yeah, do you know what? uh, La Liga winner, Champions League winner, Brazilian international, 30, played with Fred, we need a DM, let's just get someone in, because the profile doesn't make sense, but we also, in that position where we're desperate for midfielders, we're desperate for reinforcements, we're desperate for mentally, you know, tough players, some leaders in there, and he kind of fits that profile, except him on the ball is that not that type of player, and I just thought, you know what, it would not surprise you if Real Madrid have just said, you know what, he's 30, we've just signed Schuermeni, we've got Kamavinga now that's going to mature into there, we've still got Valverde, we've still got Caballos, Modric Cruz, like, they have got depth. Carlos Ancelotti Carlos Ancelot, said today. I don't need to worry because I've got players ready already. Like they've basically got rid of a player that's won everything and they respect him to go to Manchester United at thirty, but knowing in their head, okay, well we've already signed the rebuild because we've got Kamavinga and Shuamani. They've done
0: what we should have done. What we should have done the opposite. So we, we just patterned their Shuarmany piece. Yeah, we literally. <laughs> we just patterned their piece. Yeah. Literally, it like, 60 m. Look at us now, even getting linked with Moises Casido, bro. We could have gone for two mil. Brian, yeah, exactly lick that. Brian exactly. are gonna hit a lick with us. And this is this, this is what is gonna put me on to our next discussion because at the end of the day, now Anthony. So apparently, and we tried to bid 80 million euros for Anthony, which I think is insane. And I think we're gonna go up again, by the way. Oh, bro, oh, uh, that's 150 m's on Casemiro and Anthony. <sighs> Bro, give me 150 M's and I'm fixing way more than just a DM and a right wing goal.
1: That's true. It's brutal when you say Bro, it like that, you know. When you say it like that.
0: 60 M's. 60 M's right now gets me Pedro Neto.
1: Yeah, it does. Mm. 60 M's. Even Premier 50. I think we'll take 50 yeah.
0: right now. They signed Gon- Goncalo Cuedes. 50 M's gets me Pedro Neto. I know I'm 100. getting out of that. Yeah, I'm not saying Anthony's a bad player, but eight, the fact that 80 million's not enough. Man, I think, think Ajax are ripping us off, man. Bro, they are and good, good. Learn. No, you know what? I'm not saying good because Man United are not going to learn until mm. until something happens, bro. And I feel like it's because at first I was really. I know I don't want to get too into the whole Glazer situation. You are like me? Yeah. I I was one. I, yes, bro. I've been. My dad took me to Old Trafford as a kid. I had my I had my green and gold scarf when we were winning. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So I'm not, so I'm not going to say like the Glazers are the only reason as to why we're losing, but I look at the money we spend, and I feel like if the Glazers weren't here, and everything else was still in place, I don't trust my United to spend more money wisely. I don't. We don't spend money wisely.
1: Yeah, Ralph Manic
0: said it after Liverpool. He said, "You don't even use his glasses. He said we don't need glasses to to know. Yeah, to to see what happens. Yeah, the the manager's not the issue. It's." Every transfer, bro, I play football manager, yeah, and mm. and I'm not, I haven't even got my coaching badges yet. But one thing I want to do is when I build a team, I say, how do I want to play? Okay, I need this position. Your best attributes need to fit the style I want to play. That is basic football 101. Mm-hmm. Basic, bro. You don't need to work in football. You don't need to have a football podcast. You don't need to watch football to know that that is what you need to do. Yeah. Every time City and Liverpool sign a player, they look at that player profile and say, okay, how are you going to fit into the way I am?
1: Yeah, and play? you can see how it works when they come. You just know straight away.
0: Luis Diaz. I,
1: yeah, I you know link. it. The high energy. I've just got to use it. the high energy, the way he plays, the aggressiveness, the press. Match
0: made in heaven. I said. And that took, what, five minutes of scouting? You can see the way he plays. I said, oh, he's going to fit right into Liverpool. Everyone yep. knew it. No one questioned Luis Diaz. I said, oh, that's not going to be a good sign. I thought we yep. were in no one questioned it because we knew exactly what we were going to get. When that's are Man cool. United ever going to get to that stage where we, we look at players and we're like, okay, this is how we want to play. This player is going to fit right in because look at his best attributes. That's going to cook with Man United in the way we want to play. When is that going to happen, bro? Do you know what... Oh.
1: I am, this is interesting now because we're going to talk a bit on the transfer window and this is where we're talking Ten Hag a bit as well. When you look at it, Ragnik, going back to your original point on Ragnik, Ragnik came in and said that we need 10 players. He was not wrong when people were saying, oh my God, look, he says we need 10 players. He was right because he was taking into account Cavani leaving, Pogba leaving, Matic, Mata, Jesse Lingard. That's five players there already got out the door. Whether they were starting or not, some of them were starting, some of them were squad players. We then look at the team already and we're talking about starting 11. You said players like Erickson coming in. Do they immediately improve the starting eleven? No, it's squad depth. So on top of that, them five players leaving, we need probably five players to actually improve the starting eleven. So when you go back to what Ragnik said, he's actually right because he was taking into account three transfers that are leaving, and he's taking into account the starting eleven that needs to be improved. So he's right. We needed about 10 players. Now we go to this transfer window now, and and this is where I'm gonna end up with asking you a question. We've got Eric Ten Hag that's come in. He's been done since April, right? He's probably been clear in what he's wanted to do and who his targets have been. I remember the Crystal Palace game, and you'll remember the last game of the season. He was there. He said, I'm not going on holiday. I'm already planning. I'm already prepping. Now, for me, to have three players in when you've basically lost five, on the, five already free transfers and you need players to come in anyway, to have three, I'm majorly disappointed. You've got Andreas Pereira that's gone, and we've used that money to buy Malasia. We've then bought Martinez for, say, 46 to 50 million, whatever it is with the add-ons. And then now we're getting Casemiro for £60 but we're doing this now after losing two games. Would we have him if we hadn't lost them two games? We don't know. Hypotheticals, but we're panicking in a way, you could say. £80 now for Anthony. But if I look at the signings we've made, in terms of Melassia, I do see him as a 10-hard player. Martinez, I do see him as a 10-hard player. Ericsson, possession-based sort of footballer, played for Ajaxi, he he likes that possession style of football. Squad depth, forget it. He is a 10-hard type of player. Anthony, he likes him a lot. He loves playing with touchline wingers. He plays with one striker who's a focal point like Marshall, who can do a bit of everything. Obviously, me and you are no Martial fans, but we wanted to have... <laughs> Marshall. In yeah. There, so. <laughs> yeah, I'd throw it in there, but we we like a focal point forward that can do everything and Marshall can do that. And he wants Anthony on the wings. So when I look at the players that he wants, it's players that he needs and suit his suits his football. So this is where I'm stuck in between a rock and a hard place, Tony, because... We've needed more, but then he's got the players that he actually wants, but it's not enough. It's only three or four players. So this is where I'm stuck as a Man United fan because we've wanted change and we've wanted managers to get players that suit their football. We could say Ten Hag's done that, but because we're not successful right now, because we're finishing potentially 7th, 8th, because we're not challenging and we've been awful for the last few years, fans are now impatient. So, So are me and you at times. We're impatient. We want more players in, but do we need to say, do you know what, maybe we just have to bite the bullet because we're getting players now that he's actually getting and we're saying, right, it is a change. Or do we say, do you know what, no, we want the numbers, so let's go out and get this player, this player, this player and this player. So this is where I'm a bit torn and it's like, have we had a successful window or not? Because we've got players that Ten Hag wants and suits his football, but then we haven't got enough of them. And it's like, can we get enough of them? Are we being poor in the transfer market or is Ten Hag saying, no, do you know what, a bit like Pep, I want to send a midfielder, these are the three names I want. I want to write back, these are the three names I want. If you can't get them, don't get anyone. I'll work with what I've got. And this is where we we don't unfortunately know the truth. We're going to have to sit here and debate about it. We all have our own ideologies. But this is the biggest thing I'm stuck on at the moment. I'm saying it's like Ten Hag to blame for some of this. Is it the recruitment team? Or is Ten Hag saying, you know, if you can't get these players, let me work with what I've got and I will decide myself what happens with these players come next summer and then I'll get new players in.
0: What do you think on this, man? It's, I, it's an interesting one, man. I think, first of all, I think my only criticism of Ten Hag here, and I'm not sure if this is completely down to Ten Hag, is what we've done with the Ranić thing. Because I, I'm just taking my quotes of Ten Hag's first press conference where he was like, he, he basically said about Ranić, he was like, that's that's down to the club. That's, that has nothing to do with me. Mm. I feel like Man United are not with our recruitment for the past ten years. Man United are not in a stage for a man a manager just to, just to veto transfers. I feel like the manager needs to sort out his dialogue. The manager needs to focus on what's going on the pitch because what's going on the pitch is atrocious. Brentford mm. shouldn't be running thirteen point eight k more than us. Yeah, when we had a lot of possession, they sh- that shouldn't be happening. Mm. I feel like Ten Hag needs to focus more on the pitch. Obviously, Ten Hag can. Pitch to the recruiting team what he wants, what type of profile player he wants. But that is the whole point of a director of football. This is why your director of football and your manager work hand in hand. When Pep first came into City City, were already getting the background and the infrastructure. Yeah, yeah, wow. Titchy Burger was in place and all this. Yeah. You know what I mean? And mm. for us to, and what I don't like is that we kind of had that in Ranick. Now, Ranick was just a consultant, mm-hmm. but Ranick at least has built clubs up in the modern day football and he has crazy talent ID, right? Mm. If only they worked together, what could have happened? Like, that's, it's, that's the bit that annoys me the most because yes, I do want Ten Hag to get the players he wants and get the players he works with. But all this brother knows is Ajax, Eredivisie and if I've played with you before. And unfortunately, Man United should have a much bigger scouting pool than Ajax, Eredivisie and players I've so so that is my only criticism of Ten Hag. Well, it's not really criticism of Ten Hag because I don't know what. No, happened no, I agree.
1: no, it is a criticism because I agree with you. Because I'm, um, I actually one thing I was excited about was when he came. I was like, oh my god, do you know what? He's finally gonna get all these players from like even the club Bruges and Yandelex and these random sort of Leons. And I thought, no, oh my no, god, no, we're man. actually gonna start getting. Then it hasn't happened, and I'm like. The only reason I haven't fully gone in on him is because I'm like, maybe it's his first season. And he's thinking, Do you know what? Let me just buy four or five players that I really know that I think could have an instant impact and try and get the, the the pedal pedal bike moving. But then next summer I didn't branch out. But we'll have to look at that next summer. But honestly, yeah, I've been slightly disappointed in terms of the the recruitment because I thought that we'll have more people that view the game like us, the Maxine Kakarets, and you know we'll have a wider range. But I don't know if his plan was just say get a few in that I know, but. That's just me maybe making an excuse for him because I agree with you.
0: No, oh, bro, and, and this is the thing. I look at it now and I look at the club and I look at the way we run. And I, as I said earlier in the in the episode, I've just desensitised myself on my United. Like, obviously, I'm still going to support them. I told mm. myself I ain't going on Trafford this year anymore, man. Like, I just, like, I, I can't do it because we keep making the same mistakes. Obviously, I will still watch United all the time because this is what I do. It's a club I love. But it's got to this stage now where I'm just thinking about it and I'm just like... What's the point? If you guys are keep on making decisions like this, and it's so easy for us to just talk about it and actually think critically, mm. what is going on at Old Trafford? Does it is yeah. it a matter of do we get new owners in, and then let's say because I know we've been uh, a spokesperson of Sergio Ratcliffe has said like they want to try investing in the future of Man United. Is that what we need to start? Look at Newcastle for example. I know so when they got their owners, what did they go do? They went to go get Dan Ashworth from Brighton because we Brilliant all know that Brighton. Have re- Brighton have recently had very good talent IDs with the likes of the players, they brought in Veltman, Basuma, so on and so forth. So they they thought, you know what? Cool. Dan Ashworth, come work with millions. Mm. Why don't why don't Man United go? How many people I can go on Indeed right now and put director of football for Man United? And how many people with 30 CVs of directors of football, yeah. like oh, you know what? I've been doing this with skims at another club. Let me see if I what I can yeah. work with, with millions. It's not exactly. hard. And mm. and that is my massive criticism of my United. All we need is just someone like that. Because our recruitment has been poor for the last 10 years, whether we like it or not. Our yeah.
1: Do you believe then that with John Murta going into that role, because I've heard through Grapevine that John Murtagh is slowly adapting to the role and he hasn't actually taken to it as quick as possible as what they thought. Which obviously so might really make- Do you he think he needs help? Do you exactly? I was gonna say. Do you think it was the? I'm not gonna say it was the wrong move moving John Murto in today. You might actually say, yeah, it's the wrong move. But I feel like at Manchester United, he's worked at Everton as a development player, uh, development manager, or what it was. He's worked to the youth side at Manchester United. But being at Manchester United as the main man going into these Barcelona transfer rooms and whatever you are negotiating with these agents and these players, maybe we just needed someone in there with him who's experienced and has got that know-how, because you look at PSG now, just use that example. Look at Luis Campos. Obviously, he won the league with Lille. He's gone in there, and this is for the first time. I know we're talking about Man United, but just to throw some context into it, you look at PSG now and the stars they've had over the years and you've never thought they would win the Champions League. They'd always fall short because of something. This summer, they've gone in and got Reznaty Sanchez for 15 million, Hugo Ekiteke on loan, but even though he's going to probably sign permanently there, they're getting Fabian Ruiz from Napoli, another player we could have looked at um they've got Vitinha from porto now these are not big names these are t- these are players that are on the up some of them are at that 25 year age you know per- perfect level now but they improve the team they improve that morale they're coming there to win they're hungry you look at psg now as a team and you're actually thinking rod you know what i think this is their best shot of winning the Champions league why they've got luis campos in he's a proper director of football he's recruiting smartly they're not Actually, spending millions, millions, you have 15 million, you have 30 millions, you have 40 million players here who really are good and will take all of them nearly at the United. But they're doing it smart. And you know, if they always say it, a fish rots from the head at the end of the day, it starts from up here and it filters the way down. And Manchester United and PSG, in terms of the clubs they've been, they've spent the big money on the transfers and it's not always quite worked out. PSG have made one change in this summer of that director of football and you could already see the difference in direction. And I'm like, wow. Let's see what happens. I'm actually excited to see how they do this year now,
0: and that is all I'm asking for, bro. It's not hard. We're mad, mm. it's not hard. It's not like no one wants to come and be our director of football. Mm. When it's not hard, and that's and that is the thing that's really grinding. It's a, lo- like, it's yeah, a lot bro. of in house recruitment at United, man. It's nepotism, bro. We're a club full of nepotism, whether we like it or not. Mm. This is where this is why I loved Ranyek because he came in. From Different. the outside looking in, and Different. and just exposed it all. And he, yeah. I remember he questioned Darren Fletcher's role. He questioned Mike Phelan's role. He said these guys are good guys, but why is my technical director on the training picture? With me? This is not yeah, how it yeah, happened. yeah. Thanks. And, yeah, and it got to a stage where fans started getting to him because we know how dusty our club is, but. Whether mm. I don't know how he left or if he was kicked out or whatever, but it was good because at least someone from the outside who came in, who knows how a football club to run said, no, nah, this football club is not running. It's not about, yeah. it's not about just the players on the pitch anymore. Like this whole club is just mm-hmm. not running well at all. And bro, as I said, like, it, has it got to a stage now until the owners go, if we get serious owners, will they see it? Hopefully this is all I can pray for is that if we get serious owners, do they start looking at the car and be like, OK, this is not in place, this is not in place? No disrespect to John Murtaugh, I don't need someone learning on the job right now.
1: No, that's the thing. We, don't, oh, we yeah. tried to get it. And no. Gal, Mourinho, we had the big managers. We tried the sentiment thing with Oli, but he was still kind of technically learning on the job. I know he'd been at Mould, but this is Manchester United. This is this, this is it. And we, we can't have people learning on the job. And I think that's the only hope with Ten Hag that I have. I think categorically, I can openly say it Tony, totally, that since Ferguson's left, even though we've had some of the big names, I do feel like Ten Hag is the right manager for this football club. And no matter what the results are, I said on my show the other day on Trafford Tunnel, right, that we've we've lost a couple of games, I get it. We might lose to Liverpool on paper if if we're talking realistically, right? And we've got Southampton next, we've got Leeds, we've got Leicester, Arsenal, Man City, whoever it is. I looked at our first nine games and thought we could have one win. But there's one thing I want Ten Hag to do. (laughs) I know it's mad, isn't it? And there's one thing I want Ten Hag to do, though. Ten Hag needs to stand by his principles Needs to stand by his football and stand by his direction. I was funny enough watching a Dutch journalist talk about when um, Ten Hag was at Utrecht before Ajax. Yeah. And players are like, oh, my God, like his training sessions are too long. He goes over instructions over and over again. And they were coming quite bored of it. And, for example, you see this week a, a little report from Sam Luckhurst that players are not liking his approach or whatever it is. No, 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 no. Let me put this out there and I'll say it again. You probably saw my rant on my on my tweet the yeah, other day, yeah. but yeah, I'm going to say it again. We cannot allow these players to win. They've driven so many managers out of the club recently in the recent years, whether the managers have worked out or not or whatever, the, the players have always had these little leaks or they've always been like spoiled brats. I always say, no, no offense to people that got private school and all that, big up to their parents that have worked hard, but they got everything. You pass the driving test, I'm getting a Fiesta. I'm not getting a brand new 20 plate. I have to get work for that. You know what I mean? People sometimes expect that. And I think that's how the Manchester United players are. They're a bit like they want to be babied. It's like, no, Ten Hag is coming with a new approach, new training regime. And even if he loses some games and shit hits the fan, sorry about my language, but he needs to continue to play the way he does. He needs to continue to instruct these players the way he does because we have got a real coach now. And I I hate and pains me to say it, but this is like our Jurgen Klopp project. Klopp came in, had loads of muscular injuries. He finished 7th or 8th, it was, in his first season. Then slowly, 3rd, 4th, 5th season, he saw what he was building. We are now in that sort of era now where we might suffer for two, three, four years. But in the long term, we will be better off. These players that are not good enough, Ten Hag will get rid of, hopefully. And these players that will come in will be part of that new real build structure. And we will get there. But people need to be patient now. And, uh, patient now. and I, I said the show the other day, like it's patience or pain. Like, we're going to suffer. We're going to, you know, we're going to lose some more games. But as long as I see better football first, I see a plan, I see a manager these players are slowly believing in, we will get there. Like, if it doesn't work for Ten Hag, we've had Mourinho, who's won everything. And yes, he was coming at us on a bit of a demise, but we still had a big manager. We had Van Gaal, who got Netherlands to the semifinals and come to us, won a couple of trophies, then left. And then you've got, you know, Solskjaer. We tried the sentiment approach, had a great little interim run and we gave him the job a bit too early. Then the world fell off. Express yourself, football. It lasted for a bit in lockdown, weren't sustainable. We've now got a proper coach who, for me, matches what Man United are doing right now. We are at a club that want to be where we were 10, 15 years ago. Just because our name's Man United, we don't have the right to be there. But we have a manager that's won leagues at Ajax. His football is attractive. He's worked with Pep. He plays good football. He Hopefully, you know, he'll get the right type of players in. And he's on the way up. Ten Hag hasn't like come like Mourinho, where he's won everything. And it's kind of like you know, like a boxer. I've won the world titles, but I take a few paychecks at the end of my career. Ten Hag's like, I want to be the man that changes Manchester United. I want to do that. I feel like you have that pride. And we've got now get players that are also on that way up as well. We don't want a manager that's kind of at the top, top getting there, but get players that have already been there and then meeting him halfway. We want players like Lissandro Martinez who have the potential to be good. You know, like Melassia, who have the potential to be really good. And then a manager now that wants to take his really good level to the next level. And then we grow together. It's just got to be aligned. And right now, everything's not aligning. But in time, I hope it does. But, Tony, it's just such it's such a tricky situation. We could talk about Man United for hours, but it is really just one of them situations where fans have got to be patient. We've had all these big managers. We've tried the sentiment one. But if we can't be patient with Ten Hag, who the hell can we be patient with?
0: Yeah, no, real raps, real raps. I totally Sorry, bro. You. I had to run no, no, out Yeah, no, yeah. bro, I totally agree with you 100%, man. Like, like, if he left, what? What do we do? Go and get Poch? <laughs> no. Nah. Do you know what I mean, though? See that guy away from my club, man. Bro,
1: do you know what I'm see saying? It would be that way. It would be, that's what we'd do, though. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So,
0: ah. Well, nah, bro, I, t- I totally agree, man. I, I, I want to give 10 hard time. I just want to see us play a style of football again. But I'm... Um, and I said, I'm not going to be, like, I'm going to be patient because this stuff takes time, but if we were a, com- the thing that just annoys me the most, if we were a competent football club and I'm, gonna, again, a Raniac quote, two, mm. two to three windows it will take. If we, yeah. if we everything right, two to three windows. We've That's actually still everyone. got some good players here, like the
1: Sancho, Marshall, what, Rashford, what I mean? Bruno Eriksson, Varans, Melassia, Sean is his day, De Gea, like,
0: we've actually still got pretty good players there, do you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's not, not like we have to rebuild, like, a 23-man squad, like, we 've got to get a couple a lot of players in but we don't have to rebuild the whole 23 like two to three windows it's not that deep but I'll um, quickly because I know um I know we're we're short for time we'll quickly do a preview to um Liverpool yes. today. I know you your, your boy martial's back do you would you think he's do you think he's starting coming off the bench do you, do you know what um uh, uh, oh am i echoing no 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 you're good I'm oh, no,
1: right I love Marshall. You know, I have me and you were t- talking on DM before this show. And you know what? In pre- this year's his last season in terms of proving himself and whether he deserves a new contract or what his future does. But I said straight away, when Ten Ha come in, I couldn't wait to see Marshall in this team. I'll just be honest with you. Like, I love Ronaldo and I love what he's done in this 2008 time when we won the Champions League. I love his career. But in terms of what I talk about the here's and now I don't talk about the, you know, what they have done. In terms of what we need and what Ten Hag wants, Martial is the perfect type of footballer. And that's why I was happy with the matthias Cunha links because they're kind of like that prime Bobby where they can score goals, but they bring other people into play. They can hold it up. They can link up. They're intelligent. And what I saw in pre-season was a different, different type of Sancho, a different type of Rashford, a different type of Bruno. Now, I'm not saying Ronaldo. I'm not going to get on a Ronaldo agenda and say he's a burden. but I'm just talking about stylistically. When he comes back into the side, I just feel like, obviously, the more focus is on him. He doesn't move as much. He doesn't press as well. There's little things that make actually a big difference over 90 minutes. And I feel like Sancho and, and Rashford and Bruno actually come alive when they've got someone like Martial there. He plays little intricate one-twos and does all that sort of tight, nippy stuff because we can't really keep the ball in midfield. One thing Martial's excellent at is ball retention. He keeps the ball so well. So we need that right now. Do I start him against Liverpool? I would love him to start if he was fully, fully fit. The reason I'm going to say no, Tony, to him starting is because we've got a long season, right? We don't exactly have a lot of depth in that attacking attacking. I say the central attacking role. Ronaldo's, you know, his his head's still up in the air at the moment until August the thirty first. We need Martial fit now. With us playing Liverpool, that on paper we should be losing. We've still got a Ronaldo that should be wanting to make a statement against Liverpool anyway, and still have another player fit. Manchester United should not be in a position where all of a sudden, 12 months ago, 90% of fans were in Martial gone, To then 12 months later saying, we need to start him against Liverpool because he's the holy grace and saving grace. Manchester yeah. United need to be Manchester United. And I think for us to have Martial fit for the whole season is much more important than bringing him back against Liverpool and he gets injured again. So I wouldn't start him. I'd bring him on for maybe 20, 30 minutes for the benefit of having him fit for the next season seven or eight games, which we definitely need him for. So um, I think it's great to have him back. Um, I think it's much needed, um, especially with our squad depth like this. But I think the change for me has to be, unfortunately, I'm not going to say he's been poor. I'm not a fan of Maguire. And I'm not going to say he's been absolutely shocking because he hasn't been. But Martinez and Varana the partnership for me. Varane has not played, you know, the first two games. He came in against Brentford. And yes, we were 4-0 down, but we at least kept a clean sheet in the second half. He's quick. He's mobile. Him and Martinez, left foot, right foot combination. I'll go with that. And I'd also bring Melassia in for sure. Um, I think Luke Shaw is too comfortable. I think he likes his fish and chips on a Friday. He knows what he's having for dinner and he thinks I've got no competition. Well, I think this is time to throw Melassia in there. A game against Liverpool, eight o'clock Monday night, floodlights. He's tenacious. He's got a bit of bite in him. So, yeah, man, like I'm not going to say too much until until you talk as well onto the fiction like in terms of the, the, how the game's gonna go and stuff but martial bench but i would bring in varan for maguire and i'd bring in definitely malasia
0: um for luke shaw no i totally agree with you 100 bro malasia for sure uh i need to see that uh varan lissandro martinez partnership mm. and honestly i've listen we're gonna lose like there's, there's no two oh, ways okay
1: so okay no you oh, you think we're gonna lose
0: yeah, bro. Like, I, there's, there's not one way. I'm not even saying I haven't even been watching Liverpool that much this season. Lose but, bad, sorry. Lose bad or lose, lose. Okay. I don't think we'll lose bad. I don't think we'll lose five nil. But then they get anything four 0 to Brentford and Lukas. But um, it's 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 is I don't think we'll lose bad though. I feel like pride wise, I don't think Ten Hag will will lose bad, and I, I hope we don't. But um, we'll see, man. We'll see because it, it's got to a stage now. I. I can't really comment on my United until once the transfer window is over. And then I can see what we have, what we can work with, and how it's going to work under 10 hard. Because this game, I just I'm writing it off. I kind of write the whole season off in general as well. Because unless we because I still feel like other than we've only talked about DM and a right winger, I still feel like we need a right back, I still feel like we need a backup goalkeeper.
1: And but we we just both know it ain't gonna happen in one
0: window. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So so it's got to that stage now where I just whatever Man United does, I, I just let it be and see what happens, bro. But, what, um... what, what, so so if we are to potentially
1: get a result right, because I, I just want to ask you about Liverpool. So we I know it's a Carrington pot, but we're playing Liverpool. You said you think we lose. I, I do think we lose, but the Liverpool we're playing right now, two games, two draws. I'll be honest with you. You look at their midfield. I do think they're a bit short, like they've needed a midfielder all summer. And, and I know people can say, yeah, but I back Klopp and I, and I like what he's doing with that project and stuff like that. But I think when you look at Man City's midfield, they've got Bernardo, Gundogan, De Bruyne, Calvin Phillips now has joined there, still full forward and can play centrally. Teams like Man City and Ferguson was a master. Here, teams like Man City, they're at that top level, but you still need to add one or two tweaks to keep strengthening. And Ferguson used to do that. We'll be winning loads of stuff, but he'll still add one or two signings in that summer. Do you know what I mean? To improve us and kick us on. Now, Liverpool haven't done that in that midfield area. Yes, for Fabio Cavallo is he's going to be a great player, but he's a number 10 and he's, he's only 18, 19 years of age. So it's, he's still young. I just feel like football is weird, Tony, man. And I'm not trying to give us false hope. I'm not trying to, you know, get myself believing, but it wouldn't surprise me on on Monday if we score first and then the atmosphere changes. We, that's our first proper goal of the season. We haven't been ahead in a game this season just something happened on Monday night where we could win 1-0 or even get a result out of it. Because I think the first goal is crucial. I think mentally this team is poor. When we go 1-0 down, we don't know really what to do. I saw it at Brighton. When the camera goes to Brighton fans celebrating, we look deflated as hell. Against Brentford, no one's taking accountability. They're looking around like, Was it wasn't me. It wasn't me. Do you know what I mean? It's that type of feeling. But if something happens with Malasje coming in, Varane, you know, you've got Martial potentially back. You might make a couple tweaks in midfield. You just don't know it's one of them games we might get it together. And the only reason I have a little bit of hope, don't you think that this Liverpool, without Nunes, without Jota, with, without basically a, central, a proper central midfield other than Fabinho, it could be just one of them nights where we catch them when we
0: want to catch them, even though we've been poor as well? 100%. As a, listen, as a fan, I totally agree. And I can totally see that scenario happening and I won't be surprised. But because Liverpool don't have a midfielder, our midfields not any better.
1: Yeah, true. Like,
0: we didn't we didn't have a midfield and Brentford's midfield popped us. Do you know what I mean? And mm. Like it got to a stage where I'm looking at this main nineteen. I'm thinking, how can we beat Liverpool? And yes, you're right. I don't think a midfield, obviously, Nunes isn't there. But I haven't seen much from Sancho and Rashford for us to be like, oh my Liverpool. gosh, if we catch them on the break. Mm. Like back in the like the first time when we played Liverpool five 0 I thought, okay, you know, what? if we catch them on the break, we could do this. I don't see that at all. So that's why I've... Like, it feels sad that I've completely written off this game for Liverpool. As a main fan, I should never write off a game. I love the club, but I just don't see any way with this current team that I feel like is going to come out. I don't see any way in, in how we beat Liverpool. And yeah, and right. it's unfortunate because this would be the best time to beat Liverpool right now if we wanted to get a win because we haven't beaten the on Trafford since... Uh, Marcus in 2018. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Bro. And that was mm. a long time ago. So we haven't been in the Old Trafford in the league since then. So, uh, but again, I don't see it. I don't see any different how we're going to do it. So it's got to... to and start I start suppose to... it's
1: a 90 minute... The, the thing is, as well, you know Liverpool will get chances. Will we get our chances and score? If we get four clear cut chances, are we going to score all of them? Probably not. And and this is the thing. We have to be critical. But I think that, that, that saying of like first goal matters... It doesn't always apply to football games, but I really think it applies to this on a Monday. For the sake of us being at home, the empty old Trafford, you know, we haven't won a game this season. Ten Hogs, real first game, like against rivals. And Liverpool, obviously, in their own right, I get it, fans are not panicking. They believe in Klopp, of course, he should, rightly so. But they don't want to be going into that third, fourth game of the season, not having a win and being on two points. So there's sort of different types of pressure either side. And I think that's why it makes it such, a, such an excellent game. Can I ask you one question before you quickly wrap it up? Yeah, go on, bro. Right now, in terms of our squad, adding Casemiro into it, can you just, because I I want us to, we'll do a pod throughout the year, but I will come back to it in May. Right now, Casemiro gets added. Where do you see us finishing in the league? And where? Six. six? So you still think we get top six?
0: Yeah. Okay. I feel like as good as West Ham are, I'm adding Casemiro now. As good as West Ham are, I don't think West Ham win as many games as Man United. You know. oh, I know this, and, team and, team and, and well, they're well. the only,
1: and they're the only team you fear. You don't fear Newcastle, who, by the way, since February are fourth in the table on points. Um, nah, Leicester I mean, City no I mean, Europe. You don't fear Leicester at all, or anything?
0: No, nah, Leicester haven't added, and I feel like they were poor last season. Brendan Rodgers is kind of on the fire. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Brendan Rodgers is gone by um, by the World Cup. Um, I still feel like we do finish sixth, and that's me being a Man United fan because I mm. feel like we have the sixth best squad in the league. So I feel like if Anantin Hogg's not an idiot, so I really feel like we should finish sixth. Um, right now, it doesn't look likely, but I, if we come to May, if Casper is the last person we had and we come to May, it's we just finished sixth, and that's, that's yeah.
1: Like I think sixth is definitely our highest for me. Yeah, I think I think it could be a seventh place finish right now. Not because I don't think we're not better than West Ham, but I just feel like they know their job. Yes. We're learning on the job. And I think there's only a certain amount of time you can learn on the job before all of a sudden you're 15 points behind West Ham and then you're trying to chase their tail. Yeah. But I don't know, man. I, I think I think our best shout is just trying to win like Europa League and, and fingers crossed over two legs. And by the time that comes around and we get to knockouts in February time, Ten Hag knows the players more. We've got a couple more players in and you know we've still got like you said we've definitely got a capable 11 of winning that competition so ah it's going to be a long year man it's going to be interesting i'm looking forward to monday um let's see what happens i'm, re- I'm really hoping we get a result just to kick start the season and um yeah man let's just rock on bro let's rock on because really,
0: really i don't know what i are going for the season but i'm going to watch it unfold and wait and see but um bro. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of we the can, podcast. Man. At the end, I always give, I know you've done it at the start, but you can do it again. I always let thank my guests out, anything they've got to do. So the floor is yours, bro.
1: Oh, big up, man. First of all, big up yourself, Tony. Obviously known you quite a while now. Um, it's great to see you having your own platform. I love what you do. You're honest guy. Great guy. You're going to go far in life, man. So make sure you like this video, people. Make sure you subscribe. Most importantly, support the Zone channel. He's on the Zone, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Love it. Keep supporting the Zone as well. Big up James as well, Lewis. Love that what he's doing with the women's football. Big shout out to him. Um, for me, guys, you can find me on Twitter, TyronMC, down below, underscore underscore Trafford Tunnel for my Manchester United content specifically, and then Never a Foul, which is on YouTube as well, and that's our generic football platform. I'm not always on there every day. We have loads of hosts that we we do it together, but um, Trafford Tunnel, obviously, there's me and them um, cast that do that over there. But yeah, subscribe to both, and um, yeah, if you're ever looking to collab or do anything, I'm always looking to reach out and um yeah Discuss football with honest people and great people, so yeah, thank you so much for having me, Tony. Thank you for
0: coming on, bro. And uh, thank you, people who are watching or listening to another episode of the carrington from Podcast. You can follow us at the zone LDN on Twitter, at the zone underscore LDN on Instagram. Um, all of that, let's see what happens. With Man United yeah, season,
1: trust me, Tony. I'm gonna to have to get you on Chuffer Tunnel as well, actually. Yeah, oh, no, bro, we'll no, have to do know. it.
0: Just shout me, man, because yeah, man, you know me, man, I'm, I'm always down to talk about this. Gotta be this done club, yeah, I hate it. No, <laughs> I <love laughs> but anyway. Until next time, people. Thanks, Rooney. here.
2: Oh, yes! Welcome to Manchester United, Anthony Martial!
0: Here comes Sanchez. Pogba trying to get in again, he's in again, he scores again! What a comeback by Manchester United, driven by Paul Pogba. Bruno Fernandes, oh, what
2: a strike!
0: What an unbelievable! into Ronaldo
2: <laughs> Cristiano Ronaldo in the Champions League again for Manchester United Get on me, clapped and lose your legs I walk around, gun on my waist Chip on my shoulder, top bust a clip in your face Posting this beef ain't no many men Say I want many men, many, 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 many men. This death days. wouldn't be special if it wasn't for rain. Joy wouldn't feel so good if it wasn't for pain. Death gotta be easy, cause life is hard. Bitterly you physically, mentally, and emotionally scarred. This is for my niggas on the block, put some treats to God.